0: Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: Welcome everyone to the ins and outs of coffee part five. My name is Cecily Nipper and I'll be your facilitator tonight. Thank you, those in the room and those listening on ACB Media. If you are in the room, your name will be entered in a drawing. Your name is entered one time each time you join the call. So, if you have, if you come to all six, then you will have your name in the hat six times. And at the end, which will be next week, I will draw out a name and the winner will receive a subscription to a special place that I'll profile next week because I'm going there. And the coffee can be ordered from them and shipped anywhere within the contiguous United States. So no matter where you are, you can get some if you are uh, in the U.S. And that will be excellent. You do not have to be present to win, but how fun would it be if you were here and you could accept your award uh, of of a subscription or a, a gift yourself. So do come back next week for session six, which will be Coffee on the Go. And then that is when we will do the drawing, but there may be a bonus session the next week uh, and stay tuned for details about that that'll be upcoming. So today's topic is twofold. The first uh, topic is the different methods of making coffee, but because that topic goes so well with what we're doing next week, I wanna start with the latter part of the lesson first, which is evaluating coffee that you drink the same way you evaluate fine wines and craft beers. So what originally inspired this coffee call uh, is a shout out to Gabe and Anthony, who at the convention, the virtual convention, always have, well, and in person too, I think, always have a wine tasting. And as I listened to Gabriel Lopez Cafati talk about wine, I thought to myself, I feel the same way about a cup of coffee that he feels about a bottle of wine. And so that's what made me think, well, perhaps I could give a talk about coffee. So that's how this all started. And you may think, why well, I, I couldn't review coffee or, or evaluate coffee. What, what is that? It's just coffee. Every cup of coffee has some specific attributes. And the... You can evaluate it two ways. So, this is from a craft beer flavor profile website, beercrafter.com. We're going to look at these five things and think to ourselves how can we use these five things when we evaluate a cup of coffee? This can be anything from bulgers that you make on your stovetop to a Starbucks espresso to a K-cup that you order, anything, okay? First one is aroma. Smell it, take it in. What do you smell? Is it woodsy? Is it sharp? Is it floral? Then take a sip. Flavor. Now, when you take that sip, and in the coffee world, it's called cupping, That's what's done by professional coffee tasters. Now we would be swallowing in this analogy, but they don't swallow when they're professional tasters because they'd be hopped up on caffeine from tasting coffee all day. So they, they don't swallow, but we would swallow. So when you take that sip, you want to, it's a very breathy sip and I'm not saying choke on it, but I'm just saying it's a, you're, you're sucking it. You want it to glide over the top of your tongue so that all the sensors in your tongue capture the flavor. So that's, whoo, lost my place, aroma, flavor, the flavors could be, they they give some, some options here of fruity notes, raspberry, apple, grapefruit, butterscotch then there's some sweet toffee caramel roasted chocolate and again malted so those are some of the some of the flavors you might pick up on appearance no we're gonna move on past that one but how dark it is does make a difference and i will say one thing about this so i love chicory not all chicory, not half chicory, but more like one part chicory to nine parts coffee. For a recipe that I'm about to share later in this on how to make cold brew, I include the chicory. The reason I include it here is because what it does do is a very small amount, just one tablespoon, will darken an entire pitcher of cold brew to the point that it looks like the darkest dark roast, I've been told, and it's the if you just put chicory in water you can uh, i've been told you can see the the liquid darkening box, like box, as 6 colon, as no, if,
2: p.m. status
1: as if it were uh, as if it were dye so chicory would darken it so if you if you want your coffee to look and be extra dark especially in cold brew when the coffee doesn't darken as much if appearance is important to you and you could get someone to describe it to you and obviously You don't want them to say something like, oh, it looks thin and light and brown, dirty dishwater. I'm looking for it to start out dark, not see-through, just dark. And so if I were asking about appearance, that's what I would ask. But again, I don't go off of that because if you smell it, you can smell the strength. You can smell, in the case of the coffees that I like, the dark roast, you can smell the bitterness If you then went over to a medium roast coffee like the one that I received this week, it was a a roasted pecan caramel. And you did. You smelled the roasted, but it was still a medium roast, so it wasn't dark. And when you did flavor, that's where you got the the butterscotch sugary uh, brown sugar notes to it, molasses notes almost. All right. So aroma, flavor, appearance. Number four, mouthfeel. This is so important. And again, it is hard for me to believe that I am listening to a beer flavor profile here because the same principles that are used when evaluating craft beer are used when evaluating coffee. So for mouthfeel, there's a couple of things to consider. And when I talk about The methods of making coffee, I'll reference back to this because the method you use and the grind you use, and even, no, not the roast. The method and the grind is what influences the mouthfeel. So, Mail
0: 65 unread Books, Notes.
1: We've got somebody (laughs) unmuted, unfortunately. We've got, uh, let's see, all right, mouthfeel. So if it's made with particularly a French press, where the coffee is in prolonged contact with the grounds, then you will likely get a thin brew With some, in some cases, but it'll have sediment at the bottom. So some of that sediment may come through with a a little bit of a gritty, sandy taste. I happen to enjoy that mouthfeel, but not everyone does. And so if you don't, you might be more looking for something to where it's filtered more finely, and you can control the filtration that you use. And the two methods that are best, if you don't like to feel any grit in your mouth, would be automatic drip and pour over because the coffee goes over the grounds and into the cup and it doesn't linger there for an extended period of time. The methods like cold brew and French press where it lingers Turkish, you outright leave the grounds in and drink around them. So talk about mouthfeel, that'll give you an experience. And if, as I talk about the different methods of brewing, you have a story about that method, by all means, raise your hand and and let me know. And then number five on this is overall impression. And I don't think that means anything, but I'm going to listen quick. Lucy, go ahead.
3: Well, I've always had a problem with <laughs> this, uh, you know, tasting and and trying to figure out the, the flavors and everything with, well, wine when I used to drink, but um, coffee too. And I... I mean, I can, obviously I can tell that different coffees taste different, but I can never identify what makes them taste different. I mean, either like maybe, oh, a smoothness or, you know, do you understand what I mean?
4: I do, yeah. You know that
1: they're different, but you don't know exactly why. Uh Uh-huh. It can take time. You know, I felt pressure to learn to do this um, on the fly when I did the coffee reviews of the K-Cups for, the, for, the tw- uh, for all the days of Advent. And during that time, I uh, was, was challenged to describe each one. And honestly, there are sometimes coffees that are nondescript, and you just can't. But you might pick up something, and the terms that you'll hear in this talk are just terms you can use now to think, all right, so big categories, right? Acid or bitter? Is it fruity and sharp? Is it dark and smoky? And those are the two. Left hand, the fruity, acidic, sharp. Right hand, bitter, smoky, dark. And see where does it fall? Is it somewhere in the middle? and it can also come down to how does it make you feel how does it release into your system i know with different types of coffee i'm going to get a different caffeine hit and that just uh, that just is um, and and that that brings that's actually a great segue because i'm not going to go into as much detail with wine as i did with the craft beer but i will um, And I don't mind saying to the person who keeps unmuting. Yeah, go ahead, Danette.
5: Okay, so am I unmuted? Yes. Okay, I've had to mute you three times. If I mute you, please stay muted. Thank you.
1: And the, uh, the four fundamentals of wine tasting are so similar to what we've discussed with coffee. It's unreal acidity which we know light roasts and high elevations will result in acidity. Tannin, which is the the dark, almost bitter side of things. Alcohol, which no, you're not going to get that in coffee, unfortunately, unless you add it. And sweetness, which you can definitely get from coffee, especially if it's a mocha. So, uh, and too much of the, the basic point of this article is that too much of any one of these things is going to be um, unfortunate. Now, one difference between wine and coffee tasting is that with the, uh, with the wine, you're looking for a balance. And with coffee, you're really looking for, uh, I am really looking for one or the other. So if, if it's sour on the acidic side, that's one type of experience and the low, the light roast that creates that acidity. And so you're not always going to know where your coffee comes from, but when you can find out, I think that's so beneficial. And if you're shopping with someone and, uh, and Annette, I wouldn't hesitate to remove that person if you feel you need to, but that's okay. just up to you. You know,
5: if if you have a question, raise your hand. Just don't unmute yourself. Just raise your hand if you have a question.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like everyone knows how to do that or do we need to go over the
5: No hands are raised.
1: Okay. So it depends if, if you're looking, what you're looking for. But I'm going to move into the methods now. And again, as I talk about these methods, this is, I'm only going to mention one that I haven't experienced. All the rest of these I have personally tried and will tell you as best I can about my experience. And if you have an experience that you love to share about one of these methods, by all means, raise your hand. At any point, I would love to have a conversation about how it's been different for you especially as it relates to using these coffee brewing methods with less vision or no vision. Because I'm a person who has some low vision, so I have not experienced totally blind methods for for some of these yet. So I will start with the one I have not experienced, which is something that I believe Lucy asked about, and that's a Nespresso. The machines are $199. And they uh, sell little capsules that look like half of a k cup. they're They're round and, and small, and they look to me like chocolates I used to get when I was a kid that are maybe as thick as five silver dollars about that size and espresso capsules. They're more expensive than k cups. but that's because you don't drink them like a cup of coffee. They're a shot of espresso, so, You put them in the Nespresso machine and the process that the machine creates is the steam through the capsule to create espresso. What makes it different is it's not a a capsule with air in it and it it doesn't become pierced. I believe you open it and the, the steam runs through. And in any case, it creates a shot of espresso. It's more expensive. I've never done it. It may be an easy way to create espresso at home. I would love to try it. Or hear someone who has tried a Nespresso machine to know how that stacks up against espresso made with a DeLonghi or a mocha pot. I'd be very interested in knowing, you know, the differences there. Are there any
4: hands raised?
3: Okay, Lucy has her hand up. Well, um I uh since I asked about it, uh after I asked about it, I did try one at my friend's house and um it I mean, I didn't really look at the machine cuz I was in a hurry. I did uh experience the taste of it and it's wonderful. Uh-huh. And it's very very quick, just like a Keurig would be. Um uh-huh. I like I said, I didn't look at the buttons on the machine or anything, but I think that's gonna be my birthday present in August
1: <laughs> so it was a was it a shot of espresso or a cup of coffee?
3: Oh, no, it was a shot of espresso, yeah, and it was
1: it was as good as any espresso you had,
3: oh yeah, mhm, was wonderful. really good
1: mm-hmm. oh well, that might be worth uh worth checking into then, yep,
3: I think I'm gonna
1: wonderful well, now we know something about it about an espresso, so probably. The most inexpensive, I I would say easiest with a caveat. So I'm at a point in my rehabilitation process that I am not particularly comfortable with pour over anymore because of the need to pick up the kettle and pour the 200 degree water over the grounds. I'm just not there. But if you're comfortable or you have the type of electric kettle that you could easily pour the boiling water over the way pour over works, if you buy an inexpensive, I could even see how much it is. Yeah, for less than $20, it's plastic and it's in the shape of a funnel, but instead of coming to a small round point, it comes to a flat point that's about the size of a coffee cup. So you set it over a standard coffee cup and the funnel shape comes up. Inside that, you place a number two filter that's made for pour over because it's of the size and the fact that it catches most of the sediment, if not all the sediment. You get a very clean cup. A a cup without sediment is called a clean cup. You get a very clean cup with pour over. So you place the grounds of your choice in. It takes a good bit of grounds if you're doing For one cup of coffee, just the simplest way to buy the $10 plastic, pour over a funnel, set it on top of your cup, pour in about four tablespoons of coffee. That would be for the strength I like. You can dial it back to probably two tablespoons if you want it. Heat the water to boiling, let it cool for about two minutes till it's about 200 degrees if you want to measure it with a talking thermometer. Then you in a circle, starting with the outside and concentric circle moving to the inside, pour over the grounds, the boiling water, until it is uh, three quarters, the cup is three quarters full. Then the filter and all is, is all recyclable, bi- biodegradable for your garden. You can put it right in your compost. So it's it's easy to clean. That's the pro. It's easy to clean. It creates a clean cup. It's quick, just takes the time of of boiling the water. It does take a minute to pour it over it. If you pour too much at a time, it will boil. It will go over the sides of the pour over and the grounds will float around. And that's not so good either. So the accessibility piece of pour over, I have not quite solved if I have you know, a good solution to that at some point, I will share it, but I don't. So that's the cheapest, easiest, if you're comfortable with the boiling water and measuring, monitoring the level of the liquid. So the next easiest I feel is French press. French press is my current favorite, but I'll describe the typical French press first. So a French press is not particularly expensive. You can get one for less than $20. Do pay attention to the ounces, because if you get like the six to eight ounce, it's tiny, tiny, tiny. It doesn't even make, the the standard American diner coffee cup size is 12 to 16 ounces. So if you get a 10 ounce French press, you're going to be disappointed. That happened to me. It's tiny. Um, Pros of the French press, you get a very rich cup. With the sediment, with the strength there, you can control a lot of the components because you can control how hot the water is. You can control how many grounds you add. You can control how long you steep it for. So let's say I make French press with four tablespoons of coffee. And... Let it sit in the coffee water for nine minutes, and I feel like that's too strong. Well, maybe tomorrow I try eight minutes, or maybe I try nine minutes with three tablespoons. So as you can see, it's very versatile. But if you've never heard of the method, generally speaking, it's a glass pitcher. And into the glass pitcher, you pour nearly boiling water, about 200 degrees, over coffee grounds about four tablespoons of coffee grounds for a 16 ounce french press you pour it over you stir it around a little bit a little foam will come off the top and all the grounds are wet and i know that all the grounds are wet because i wear a silicone glove and if i touch the top Then I can let it cool a minute and touch what I've touched. And I should feel a wet coffee ground sticking to the silicone finger. That's how I do that part. So you've poured the water over. You've stirred in the coffee ground. Should let the coffee sit. My recipe is for nine minutes. And then there's a, a lid. And in the lid is a filter on a stick. The stick acts as a plunger. So you place the lid on and you gently push the plunger down and the plunger has a coffee filter. So it filters the grounds and pushes the grounds down to the bottom and the coffee floats to the top. It doesn't filter it completely, that's where the sediment comes from. Now, if you wanna spend more like $65, there are double double filtered ones that, that filter it more, different things like that. So, uh, but the drawback, again, I was finding myself not as comfortable pouring the boiling water over. So, I found the solution and I will put the link in the doc. It is a Stanley product made for camping. It's an all in one. So, what you do, you fill the water up, the cold water up to the fill line, place it on the heat. Or, I think it's designed for a burner in the wilderness, you know, however you would heat water in a camping trip. Well, the water. I set my A-lady for nine minutes. That's how long I boil the water for. I have tested it at different increments. And I know if I boil it on my stove for nine minutes, it's going to be about 200 degrees, which is what I want. I identified that through trial and error by using a talking thermometer. So you might need some trial and error too. That's the great thing about French press. If you are willing to commit a bag of coffee and a couple weeks of patience, you can come up with your perfect amount. So fill up the water to the fill line, put it on the stove, let it boil for nine minutes. Then set the timer for another nine minutes and stir in four tablespoons of grounds. You're stirring the grounds into the water with the heat off. I leave it on the stove, I don't have to touch it. (coughs) Excuse me. Then after nine minutes, push the plunger down. You've got your French press in one, all in one and you've never had to pour boiling water. So it's a Stanley, it's made for camping, but it has served accessibility purposes in my life and for that I am grateful that I can have French press coffee again because it is truly my favorite method. Another stovetop method is Turkish. Now with Turkish, you boil the water with the coffee grounds in it. And you let the coffee grounds sink to the bottom. You've also Put in a spoonful of sugar. So my my Turkish pot is tiny. It's probably less than five inches tall. And it makes enough for two demitasse cups. Demitasse cups are the same size as espresso cups. They hold about four ounces. So if I've made Turkish, it makes two cups of Turkish, my, my little tiny pot. And it's very strong because you leave the coffee grounds in it. You serve it that way. So you've, you've placed the water, you've placed the coffee, you've placed the sugar, stir, stir, stir. It goes on the heat, comes barely to a boil, comes down to the heat, simmers for a bit, then gets poured into the cups. And the, the point of Turkish that's so important is you don't disturb it in the midst of the process because you need to let those grounds sink. And if you stir it, the grounds rise back to the top. And obviously, you want the grounds to at least sink to the bottom so you're not totally drinking them because that. I like a little texture in my cup. I don't like that much texture in my cup. So the other thing about Turkish is that it it requires an extremely fine grind, like the finest of fine that you can get on your machine. That's how fine it needs to be. Or you can even purchase Turkish grind if you want to. Uh, Backing up to the French press, I find that I like to do a medium grind on that, or like an automatic drip grind. Some people may disagree, but that's what I do. I don't grind it too fine for French French press. For pour over, coarse grind is best. If you're trying to pack in the flavor though, you can use a fine grind. You just have to pour the water really slowly. That catches us up to Turkish. I used to have a percolator. But I haven't used it in years, and and I can't uh, necessarily speak to it other than to say, I remember that the coffee it made was delicious. Oh, backing up to the French press again, too. Uh, The typical French press is glass. And I shattered two in one week and swore off French press for the longest time until I found my Stanley accessible French press. And it is made of stainless steel. So I'm not concerned that anything's going to happen to it. So if anyone has comments on those first three methods, I would love to
4: hear.
3: Lucy? Has your hand up? Okay. Of course. No. no it's um, good. <laughs> I love French press coffee. I don't <clears throat> don't make it very often just because I want instant gratification <laughs> so i use my keurig but i absolutely love it and uh my french press is stainless steel as well Oh, nice and it has a uh double filter it mm. the, it has like two of the little screen filters in different spots and Do you find um,
4: it difficult oh go
1: ahead
3: oh no go ahead yeah.
1: you find it difficult to clean what is your message?
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I mean,
3: yeah. You 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 have to you know take that whole plunger thing apart. At least right. that's what I do. You know. Right. And then um, you've got
1: the grounds in the bottom of your French press too that you have oh, to yeah. pour, pour yeah. into the compost,
3: so they can't <laughs> go down the sink. And it, it's all. Yeah. Oh, see, I put mine down the garbage disposal. <laughs> okay, we um, don't have one. I wish we did. Oh yeah, um, and those I I do reuse the little screen things of course I you know clean them really well and use them again but um my pot my pot is like double stainless steel it's so it's like insulated
1: oh it stays hot
3: yeah oh yeah and it's really nice because it it's quite big and it makes two I would say I don't know if they're 12 or 16 ounce probably 12. uh, Do
1: you know what kind or where you got it we could add it to the doc.
3: No, I got it as a gift. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, cuz mine I all the ones I bought were glass and I broke I don't know how many of them. Oh, so my friend said, "You are going to have a permanent French press." Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, sharing. What else? Uh, what else was I going to say about the darn thing? Oh, um, I don't know. I can't remember.
1: If you of oh, it, unmute and tell us. We'll we'll move on and come back. Yeah, next.
3: okay, great. Thanks.
1: Uh-huh. You have two more raised hands
5: jill you can unmute
4: hello hi um this is jill i'm sorry did whose name did you call you go ahead oh okay um i was just wondering if the turkish coffee pot has like a filter or a strainer or like oh so you So the um, coffee sinks to the bottom and then it it gets into the cup? Yes. Okay. It's a very unique experience. (laughs) (laughs) Does does it dissolve to some extent? Well, that's the reason for the Turkish grind. It is ground really, really fine. So some of it
1: does dissolve. And so you don't pour all the coffee out of the pot either so the very bottom that's just grounds you try to not pour all of that in oh okay so you've got some grounds in and then you can further let grounds sink to the bottom of your cup and then just sip off the top of your cup so then you've eliminated some but it is a it is thick and grainy Mm -hmm. and
4: i'm just not necessarily it's a special treat i'll put it that way. Yeah, I'd like to try it, but I don't know if I would invest in a pot until I knew that's I liked the thing. it. You know, during pandemic, I
1: wanted to try it. So I spent $14 on a kit and that's why my pot is so tiny. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: so it's the yeah, perfect well, size for that, just a yeah. mm-hmm. Well, It's cheaper than the, the Nespresso
1: pot. <laughs> <laughs> I might put in the, the link to my Turkish kit that I bought on Amazon for $14
4: on the dock. Yeah,
5: that Next. Be, that's not
2: too Excuse bad. Sorry. Thank you. Jill. Oh,
5: thank
2: you. Uh-huh. Thanks, Jill. Next, we have Amanda. Uh-huh. You can unmute. I, I have a French press that's actually ceramic. And, uh, and uh, what I also tend to do is um, after it, the coffee has uh, steeped um, and before I plunge it, um, I actually take off the floating uh, grounds and it makes uh, pressing the coffee a lot easier.
1: What do you use to remove them? A a slotted spoon or a spoon?
2: (laughs) Strangely enough, my husband most of the time does it and he just does it right inside the sink and use cold running hot water. (laughs) Just gets his hands cold and just does it himself. So, um, you know, okay all right he's a lot bra- braver than i am <laughs> uh, that's uh, don't try this out <laughs> thank you amanda uh-huh all right
5: so there's no, one more hand next we have barbie
2: okay, barbie
5: Barbie, you can, you're still muted yeah um there you go. hi I was I was on your call and the host knocked me found out and then I had to come in on my phone. I don't know what happened. I tried Barbie, to get back on. I had to, the I had to continue to mute you, but you're back now. No, no, Barbie, I you was kept making off my computer. I wasn't. I was on my computer and I came back after getting something to drink. And it says the host has locked you out of the meeting. Barbie, there was there was continued Aaron, noise. I had to get on my phone, so I missed what Barbie, you were saying. Barbie, you need to continue. You need to ask your question. Do you have a question? That
1: was
2: my question.
1: Well, the, the host continued to mute you because you were unmuting and now you're back and so when you have a question unmute and otherwise stay muted please who's next Beth,
5: yes, you can unmute
0: hello Hi. Um, mr coffee used to make a thing for for one one or two cups. I don't know if they still do it. It was called a quick brew. But you you could put it over your coffee cups and you could, uh, or you could, uh, yeah, and you could make it either in the microwave or um, just boil water like that and and pour it over the little filter thing. It, it, it looked like a little cup, too, or like the little thing where you, uh, like a, like a little basket. You know what I mean? But you yeah, put that a, up, put that on top of your coffee cup.
1: It comes. Uh, you're, you're amazing. It comes right up when you type in quick brew microwave coffee maker.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, you you found it?
4: Yes, it's right here. It's amazing. <laughs> They still make yeah, it. I
0: sure would like to get me another one of those because I really liked it.
4: Well, this is telling me uh, that they're like
1: $8 on Amazon. Wow, that's pretty good. So, oh, you okay. Be able to, yeah, you should be able to get... They're called Microwave Coffee Maker or tops Rapid Brew. Anyway, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. All right. What a great so, suggestion. And...
0: Um, so I didn't realize we had a drawing. So my name has been put in the drawing every every time that uh,
1: every time Beth, that I've been yes. on the phone. Yes, although give us the last three digits of your phone number to make sure we have you. Six three eight. Okay, six three eight. Okay, we'll make sure that that we have you listed um, every yeah. time. <gasps> She's bath. I, I renamed her. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. It is very good.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming.
5: Okay.
4: Next well, we have thank Nora. Thank you very, very much. Uh huh. Right. What is it? What was your first process? Because I was on the
0: phone with a friend, so I couldn't hear what was the first uh
1: before the um what are three processes again? Uh see, we've done Turkish, we've done French press, and we've done pour over.
2: Oh pour over, now I remember. Thank you. Okay.
1: All right, so the next one. No more hands raised. Okay, thank you. Uh, don't, don't hesitate to get my attention if need be. Let's see here. We've talked about espresso machines, but there are other ways to make coffee at home. I'm just going to refer to this. I don't want to leave anything out. Oh, cold brew, my favorite. Gosh, I can't believe I almost left that off. So uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic, I discovered cold brew through um, a friend of mine. And she recommended a kit that was $10 on Amazon for uh, enough cold brew to make about four 12-ounce cups worth. So that's the size of the pitcher that, that comes. And what you receive is a glass pitcher with a protective rubber bottom to help protect it from shattering. And knock on wood, I haven't shattered it yet, and I've had it for two years now, almost three. So you get the pitcher with the protective bottom. It is not heat resistant. Cold brew. So I've heard horror stories about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) It comes with a lid uh, with a filter basket, which is a round cylinder, about six inches tall. Put the lid on, put the filter basket in the lid, and it extends not all the way to the bottom of the pitcher, but it extends down the pitcher to about two inches from the bottom. Over the top of that, is a small central lid that covers up the filter basket in order to be done and put in the refrigerator for processing. So the very easiest way is to fill up the pitcher about half full, a little over half with cold water. I have pretty decent water here if your water is soft water, I don't know that it would work as well. It might be worth boiling it first. But that just depends if you're sensitive to the to the way water is. Some people have know that the water in their area needs treating before it is used. If you want to use filtered water, that's a choice you can make based on taste. Like I said my water here is pretty balanced. I'm lucky and, and fortunate in that respect. So, fill it about half full. And I, I do all this on a tray. So, I've got the cold brew pitcher half full. I've got the filter sitting in, in front of me on the tray. I've put the lid on. So, there's a hole in the middle of the lid where the filter basket will go. On my lid, I can feel the front of the lid has slots. Those slots need to line up with the pouring nozzle of the pitcher so that when I pour it, it will pour out correctly. And that's my landmark. So, that's the lid is on. The hole is there, ready for the filter basket. The filter basket is in front of me on the tray. Then, the recipe I use is five tablespoons of decaf coffee. It's just medium roast off the shelf decaf coffee. You can use dark roast decaf if you have it. I have found that Pike's Place dark roast decaf from Starbucks is incredible. Also. For best results, use coarse grind, but you can use anything, down to espresso grind. But I'll, I'll talk about the pitfalls of that in a moment. So five tablespoons of decaf, one tablespoon of chicory. It adds darkness, it adds bitterness, and it adds a sassafras note to the coffee that I find to be amazing. If you don't like it as well, you could experiment with less or more if you buy a pound on Amazon, it's about $16 and a pound lasts me six months in an airtight container. So I put it in an old coffee can. So five tablespoons of decaf, one tablespoon of chicory, optional for flavor, and then three tablespoons of the caffeinated coffee of your choice. And right now I'm alternating between a gingerbread blend that's left over from Christmas, three tablespoons of that for a flavored brew, or three tablespoons of coarse-grind French roast. I was given two huge bags of French roast Starbucks coffee beans. So I'm coarse-grinding those and using those right now. It's heavenly. Uh, otherwise you, you can use any, that's where, that's where the beauty comes in. You can use any coffee recipe you want, if you want all caffeinated or if you can't, but cold brew brings out extra caffeine out of the coffee. So if you're using a light roast, particularly, you may find you get a bigger jolt of caffeine than you were expecting. And that's why it's more than half caff. It's half decaf. It's more than half decaf in my case because I I just I want to be able to drink it any time of day. So only, and chicory is naturally decaffeinated. So only three <coughs> uh, tablespoons are actually caffeinated. So then I hold the filter over the central hole in the middle of the lid, pour a little water over just to wet the grounds and give that a second to, to wet the grounds. Then I push down, screw in, and it's not a screw. It's just a slight locking motion that locks the plastic filter into place. Then uh, I can place my, the way I do it, I place my left hand so that my fingers are touching the top of the filter where I want the water to come up to. With my right hand, I find a, a spot where the water goes in smoothly and I pour until I reach the desired level of height, cover it up. And this is another place where you have control that's why my favorite coffee at home methods are methods where you can experiment and control the brew because you can control the grind you can control which coffees you use if you blend if you use just one you could do a, a, all nine tablespoons of folders you can do anything you want the other thing you can control about it is the length of time you brew it so I've heard as little as 12 hours or as much as 48. My perfect recipe is if I am down to one cup left, I make coffee tonight. It sits all day tomorrow. I drink it the next day. So that's like what? 36 hours, right? So that's uh, my, my perfect time. And if it, if it, Brews more than that, it, it gets over, over extracted because the technical thing that's happening is the water is drawing out the components of the coffee and it draws and it draws and it draws. And that's called extraction. And if it extracts longer, uh, that's why the coarse grind, because it slows, it's, it slows the extraction a little bit and it creates a, this, this is what I love about cold brew. It's smooth. And it goes down easily. Like, well, I want to say like a shot of good liquor. I'm just going to say that, but it it goes like, um, like what, like a smooth yogurt smoothie, something like that. Like it's, it's got a light way of going down. And, And so that's what I use when you hear me make most drinks. That are mixed with alcohol, mixed with creamer, mixed with cinnamon, ready whip, caramel syrup on top. That's usually a cold brew basis. So, what I did all during the pandemic, we could not find creamers in the flavors that I liked. So, we would buy whatever was on the shelf as far as liquid coffee creamer, bring it home, and I would put a couple drops of food grade peppermint extract in two drops for a whole container of liquid creamer and I had so I drank peppermint uh creamer for almost a year with with my cold brew and it was amazing I didn't miss going to Starbucks at all during that year when everything was shut down and so, so cold brew will always have a soft spot in my heart because it just gives me that comforting feeling of Yes I'm I'm home I'm safe and that's that's really special if coffee can do anything for you if it can create a memory doesn't matter what kind of coffee it is i've told you before i had instant coffee at my at my one granddad's you know whenever i was there at breakfast time they would heat up a pot of an open pot of water spoon in the instant coffee, stir it around, boil it for a while, and that's coffee. But it's a sweet memory. And so if you take away anything from this, evaluating coffee is great, but attach it to your memories of who you had it with, what they liked, you know, etc. So I want to take questions now if there are any before we come to a close. We have a few more minutes and there, there might be more that I can add, but I'd rather hear from you than, than from myself.
3: So let's hear what you all have to say. Lucy, you be first. All right. So I have never had cold brew and I've always wanted to try it, but I just I'm clueless. So do you I mean, do you drink it room temperature or do you put it over ice or can you do anything you want with it or I mean
1: what i would say my preferred thing would be to drink it cold out of the refrigerator i don't like ice because it waters things down you can also microwave it though until it's hot if you want to drink it hot oh my oh and i i forgot to mention after that 36 hour mark you have to take the filter basket out
3: (laughs) oh yeah well yeah
4: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't say that that's important i would
1: i would say um If you buy it off the shelf in a, this is cold brew already made, you know, over by the juices, uh, that stuff is nasty. It's worth trying to make it at home.
3: So, like, as you, as it is is brewing, do you keep it in the fridge or do you just keep it on the counter?
1: Yeah. So, I keep it in the refrigerator uh, for 36 hours. And even after it has brewed, after I take the grounds out, I still keep it in the refrigerator and pour it out of there and drink it. Okay.
3: Interesting. Okay, thanks. you
1: could probably ice it.
3: Yeah,
1: like I, I tried like the nitro cold brew at Starbucks, and ooh, yikes! I don't know what they did to that brew. I want control, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to take my chances.
5: Uh, who else? So next, you have Jill. Okay, Jill, you can in me. I was
4: just wondering if. It makes a difference whether you use filtered water versus like tap water, or would that make a difference in the flavor? Yes. Just for coffee in general, not necessarily cold brew? It does. So if
1: you're sensitive to the taste of water, your water is chlorinated, you know, a lot, and you can taste that. Or uh, I like coffee made with minerally... Minerally water, like not mineral water, but spring water. Like you can buy uh oh, spring water. Spring mm-hmm. water. Yeah. The only problem with that is the minerals will uh clog your machine, you know, and you'll have to you'll have to clean it sooner. Mm-hmm. So, okay. for that, so for so a, for a, a basic filtered water like you would get with a Brita filter would probably be the best. But yeah, like, that's
4: what uh, we have, the Brita filter. Yeah.
1: That's the best, like, okay. across the board suggestion, because then the minerals won't clog your machine, you won't get chlorine in, in your brew, and it'll, it'll taste, you'll taste the coffee. You want to taste the coffee, not taste the water. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh.
5: So, eight minutes left, and the next one is Beth.
4: Okay, thank you. Hello.
0: So, do you have to buy special equipment for the cold brew? I've never had one. Uh, I'd like to try it.
1: You buy yes you, you buy the kit, which is just the pitcher and the filter, and it
2: is. Let's see. No more
1: hands raised.
0: That sounds really good.
1: So, this is this is a good this is a good thing to mention. If you just want to try it and you don't want to invest in the cold brew kit, which is between $10 and $25, you can get sometimes at the market, they're calling it a cold brew box. And it's it's like a, it comes with a packet that you put down inside a plastic bag that comes with it. And you put the packet in the bag and the water in the bag and the bag in the fridge and then you get to experiment with cold brew with no mess, no cleanup, no measuring, no. If you just want to try it. So those boxed kits are available on Amazon for $6. I've even seen them for even less than that in the coffee aisle at the grocery store.
0: Oh, okay. and you also, could, I was wondering, have you ever tried Café Bustelo?
1: Yes, I love Café Bustelo. Uh,
0: oh, yes. yeah. It's very tell good, now, huh?
1: Tell me how, how you use it.
0: We just make it uh, well, we make it uh, like regular coffee, and then uh, you can in, put, a,
1: in a drip pot or how? A regular
0: yeah, coffee pot, mm-hmm. yeah, or or you can make it on top of the stove, and then um, you fill like the first half of my uh, my kid's father likes it like the first half of uh, half of it with coffee, and then the rest with like milk and sugar. You know, he likes it like that.
1: So, if you make it on the stove, what are you using to filter out the grounds?
0: No, but, well, like what are those old stove coffee pots, that's what I meant. Oh, by oh, oh, oh,
1: okay, okay, yeah, 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 okay. So, Cafe Bustelo is, is wonderful. Um, I actually had it in instant form. They sold, uh, next week when I talk about coffee travel, I'll talk about the different instant coffee packets you can travel with, and one of them is Cafe Bustelo, and it was delicious.
0: Oh, that's really good.
1: Yeah, they have a great instant. Some of the strongest instant I've ever tasted. Uh-huh. Very good. Thank yeah, you, yeah,
0: Beth. Latin, Latin American so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank
4: you. Uh-huh. Well, good.
1: Uh, I want to look forward and and thank you so much all of you for coming Uh, next week we'll we'll do the drawing and we'll talk about coffee on the go as well as an evaluation of the uh, coffee shop I hope to visit and get the, the gift certificate from for you all for the drawing I'm actually traveling this week and hope to visit this coffee shop and I'll tell you more once I've been there in case I have to pivot and do something different. So we would love to have you all. I would love to have you all join us for the last one. And uh, I hope you come back next week. Thank you to Danette for being mm-hmm. our host today and Cindy for streaming. Appreciate mm-hmm. you all and have a great night.